Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Please help yourself. Please put your hands together for your host, Kevin Esposito. What's up, UCB Theater on Tuesday night? How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello, pals. Hello. Hi. So great to see you guys. You guys can sit down. Don't worry about it. Don't be stressed that you didn't... This, and I like the slow tapering of the song by my pal Ryan McMenamin in the booth. One of the producers on the show, you heard his voice earlier. Isn't he a dreamboat? Vocal. Isn't he a vocal dreamboat? Oh, man, you guys are in for a weird show from me. I'm going to be very real with you. I'm your host, Cameron Esposito. Thank you. There's other great comics in back, and they can hear you. Let's hear for those comics. And this is going to be a real fun show, but it's going to be loosey-goosey from this end uh, because I'm out of my goddamn mind right now. Um, not in a bad way. Thank you so much. I'm okay. Everything's all right. But I'm gonna also just going to be real with you guys. I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm wearing false eyelashes, just teeny ones, um, because I'm actually, I came here, uh, I was making, guys, I was making, I was, uh, I was making television today. Um, yes, I was. Thank you so much for asking. Who said you were? Who was that? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I was. I didn't have time to go home first. Well, that's not true. I stopped home. I took my dog out for like a second. I ate six vegetarian Swedish meatballs. <laughs> it was the only thing I could find that seemed right. <laughs> I feel a little sick. <laughs> Not because vegetarian Swedish meatballs aren't great, but five's the limit. I learned that. <laughs> but also then I put too much Old Spice on. You gotta hit that right threshold. I'm so out of it. Is everything's fine? It's fine. But I have false eyelashes on. And uh, I think I can even say this. I was making, I'm, I'm uh, uh, for last, last season, for a teeny second, I was on the television show Marin, and then I get to be on it again this coming season a couple times, which is very exciting. And um, yeah, that, you can clap for that. That's fine. It's a great show. So I just finished making television today for that. And then, that's very fun. Do you guys know that? I didn't realize that because this has been my job for so long. I didn't realize television was fun. It is fun. You get to be like, no! And then like, I agree. It's really great. Um, Other people write stuff and you have to be like, "Mm, yeah. You know, you have to kind of... I love it. Um, So it's been really nice. But also, a little tired. Um, that's not a complaint. I don't mean to... Who's an actor? Who is an actor here? A couple people. <laughs> I'm not just out of my mind because of that's been going on. Also, my... Oh, so Rhea Butcher, who is a co-host on the show and our third producer of our producer, Trinity. She's more of the Holy Spirit than anything. Um, <laughs> She's on this cruise. See, Rhea's not only hilarious stand-up comic that also co-hosts the show, but she's also my fiancé, and we live together for that reason. Um, 
Because we're modern people, and this is bullshit to not live with your fiance. Um, so we lived together, and also it turns out I stared at her all day long. I didn't realize that because she's on this cruise that I was supposed to go on with her. We're like the it's a do you guys don't be don't I know I said cruise and some of you guys are like no it's like a cool cruise okay uh, it's like a cool like music comedy cruise and we're supposed to be the entertainment but I got this uh, TV thing so I had to stay here and then she went on the cruise and. She's in, like, uh, international waters, so she can't call. And I didn't realize that I am lost as a person. Uh, like, the last thing that she texted me before she before the cruise took off, I didn't realize that it was the last thing she was texting me, but she said, I love you, Cameron Esposito. And I said, can I watch The Fall? Or am I, or am I too scared? That's the last thing I texted her. Because I didn't realize that, like, she didn't say, this is the last text. There was no, like, cruise ship emoji after I sang I love you, Cameron Esposito. So the last thing she saw from me was her telling me whether or not I can watch a scary show. By the way, I tested it out. Can't watch it. I watched a season and a half before I was like, oh, I am alone. Has it, does anyone, have you seen this show? If you've seen this show, it's just, listen, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to spoil it for you because your fiance might be out of town. It's just about a guy who just kills women a lot. That's the whole... I haven't figured out what the fall part is yet. Seriously. I don't know. It's a great question. No, it doesn't appear to be in August. It's in the UK, so it's hard to tell. It's set in the UK, so I don't know what season it is. Darkness season? I think it's on Bloomsday. Um, it's a really specific literature reference that that chick loved. Um, no, I don't know when it is. That's a great... They're always wearing like a light jacket, but isn't that everything? But Gillian Anderson is in it, so I was like, I could probably watch this, but the whole show... And it's that fucking guy from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey... He's the, like, listen, I don't care. Just spoil the whole thing for you. You already know. It's, it happens in the, you already know. It doesn't, there's only like two people in it. It's him and her. And then if you read the thing on Netflix, it's like some, one, it's like the man in this is a serial killer. And so then you know it's not Julian Anderson. So I'm not spoiling anything for you, but it's what's his ass from that Jamie Dornan. I don't, I can't believe I, God damn it. I can't believe I know that guy's name. But um, yeah, he's in this show and he just like he like slides into your window that's how he comes in like head first even wearing a mask he just goes like Kroop. so that's the worst thing to watch when you're home alone because i didn't even think about the windows before this i'm scared of my windows and that motherfucker oh he's gonna have a big year isn't he Fifty Shades, me so crazy. Gonna be so crazy. The trailer of that movie makes it look like it's mostly a movie about elevators. 90% of that trailer is them being like, would you like to go down or up? Actually, that should be the show The Fall. There's no elevators in that show. I don't know what they're referring to. It's not Autumn. Great question. Nobody falls. That's the other thing. Nope. There, it's not near a waterfall. I don't know. I mean, he kills people. So maybe it's like a fall from grace, but like he does it the whole time. So I don't know. 
We're supposed to have thought about him from before. Falling. No, it's called The Fall. I know the name of the show. <laughs> Probably like a Halloween-themed episode I haven't seen yet. What would be the Halloween-themed episode on a serial killer show where he has a mask and comes in head first? The window, just all the time. But on the Halloween episode, he just goes, boo. And then that's how you know it's that one. He puts on peanuts, the great pumpkin, while he kills you. Watch this. Remember your childhood? Well, your life's about to end. He kills them bad, too. He kills them with their hands, so I have... N- Guys, this is real. These are real things. My dog usually sleeps in his crate, but after I started watching The Fall... Also, you know how we watch television, so I watched a season and a half in one day. And I started when it was light outside, because I was very tired. I was like, I'll just watch television for the day. And so you start at, like, 11, you're like, I'm fine. And then if it's, like, 7, you're like, fuck everything! You know, like, it's a, you can't, you have to stop. Guys, you have to stop at 4. If you're going to watch something scary, you got to stop before the sun sets, because that's, because, as you know, murderers come at night. And... <laughs> It's very scary, so my dog usually sleeps in his crate, but I've been making him sleep in the bed with me. Like, oh, get on the bed. And then I also have been sleeping with a knife. I feel fine. But that Jamie Dornan, that Fifty Shades movie makes me so stressed out about... It makes me so stressed out for straight people. Especially straight women. Maybe that movie's going to be like crazy. Like I cuz I've been talking to people a little bit about the trailer and how I'm like this is this trailer seems very tame. Also that guy seems like a bad business person. Like I don't know if you've seen the trailer but there's a part in there I didn't read the book but it seems like from the trailer there's one scene where like he's in a, there it seems like they're in an elevator where he works. It feels like it's like a business elevator at his office and then two other guys come in and then he goes to her, Breathe. And I just kept thinking about like those other two businessmen who are like fucking Christian Gray. Do you see him making out in the elevator again? Yeah, the motherfucker, he's got a mansion. <laughs> like, are we five? Why are we making out in elevators? Just go home. <laughs> okay. I also just I just wonder because all the you know, all the women that like got really into that book and like has anybody actually read it? Has anybody read Fifty Shades? Does crazy shit actually happen? Yeah. Okay, like what is it? Okay, he's a red room of pain. I know. What else? So, like, what happens in the room? He's like, because that's even the trailer's like, I've got this room. Hmm. What did you want them to do in the room? It's my red room of pain where I have snacks. No, no, I get it, I get it. Okay, so they always, so they, they're fucking, but is it like crazy fucking? Like, what's crazy about the fucking? Like, why are women going so nuts? Like, is, like what's happening? No, really, tell us, like, tell us what's happening. It's okay, spoil it, it's okay. He messes with her head. Yeah, like he makes her put stuff like up her vagina. What kind of stuff does she have to put up her vagina? No, what kind of stuff? Wait, what kind of stuff? Does this happen in the room? Like, 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 
So like sex toy balls, like that are specifically made for this purpose. And he's like, please put these where they were specifically meant to go. And we're gonna go to a party. Cause I'm fucking crazy. He messes with her head. Yeah. Other ways? Or just mostly the balls? <laughs> Did anybody else read it? Anybody else have any other details? No? Whips? Do they happen? Anybody know about... Okay, whips happen. Okay, somebody up there knew. They were lying earlier. <laughs> whipping? Like a light whipping? A heavy whipping? She bleeds? Like how much? Like how much blood are we talking about? Like a lot of blood? Like a lot of blood. Like she has to go to the hospital? He's a physician, come. Oh, this book could go fuck itself. What does the physician do? Like, sew her up? What? I just think, like, it's doing a massive disservice to the S&M community. I'm being real with you. Those people are, like, normal people. They're not, like... She's a virgin in the book. I know that. She's like, I'm a virgin. I am in my late 20s. How old is she? She's in college. She's in college? What? And he's a businessman? I hate this guy. That guy's the fucking worst. What a creep head. What are, all these women need to get their shit together. I just feel like it's strange that we live in a time when like you can watch any porn. You can watch any porn. Like, if you watch any amount of porn, and I do, you know there's, like, at least three times in the porn that you have to be like, that asshole's too open. You have to close your eyes. Like, that's too open of an asshole. I was in this, but I wasn't in it for that. That's the thing right now in pornography. It's, like, real open assholes. Everybody's always like, open! I don't know what they're trying to do in there. It's very strange, almost dental in a way. I don't like it. But I'm not trying to shame people who are really into just open, unfilled assholes. But that's like baseline porn that like a fourth grader can watch. Like anytime you click on anything, it's just immediate assholes. And then that book is like, yeah, you won't believe it. He like, you know. Threatened me a little. Uh, and then a doctor came. I just feel like it's underestimating female sexuality. Oh, that's what I think it is. Because I think, like, we can be totally... Women can be into some shit. I think it's stupid that that's the book that women are supposed to read about what they're into. Just like, oh, my God! Is he not of a mom? Is, like, somebody treat him badly? His mom? You don't remember? What were you paying attention to? Not the story of his life? I feel like that's what I heard, too. It's like he like had a bad life. So he's like, so I beat up women. That's a bad... Yeah, I think he's a foster child. Okay, yeah. That's kind of a bad precedent to set for women to read also. Just like, men are going to be sad, and you should let them beat you until the hospital in public elevators. And they will be older than you considerably. You're in college and you're a virgin and this is your first sexual experience. Here, hold these balls. <laughs> so stupid. So. I just, I, hey. I believe we're all doing crazy shit, you know? That's where I'm at. 
Right, guys? Yeah, like, you're not... See, I mean, you're not gonna... I mean, you might go see that movie on Valentine's Day, and I hope you do, but if you do, just go see it to be like, ha, that was less crazy than we're about to do now in the Uber. Don't do it in the Uber. Based on what I said earlier, save it for home. You guys ready for a great show? I mean, I've been great. But the rest of the show's gonna be even better. Now, this first comic, she is a, a good pal of mine. She's in from Chicago. I love her so much. In fact, when I was there a couple weeks ago, I specifically asked her to open for me because she's one of my favorites. Um, and you guys are gonna love her. Let's hear it right now for Kristen Clifford, guys. Give it up for Kristen. <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. Uh, I am celebrating today the six-month anniversary of quitting my job. Oh, thank you for validating that. My parents have not uh, enjoyed that decision. But so I've gotten the opportunity to temp, uh, which is exciting. And I've actually been working at this customer service job, which I really like, uh, mostly because I get to learn everyone who calls in's email addresses. And they are hilarious. Uh, and I don't have to do this, but if it's particularly embarrassing, I will repeat it back to them to humiliate them. <laughs> Little stank gangsta. I can look that up for you. <laughs> but I also learned this holiday season about a new product because everyone was calling about it. Uh, something called a selfie stick. Do you guys know what those are? Yeah. Your like, awful exasperation is precisely the reaction that you should have. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, it's a thing for your smartphone so that you can take selfies from farther away. They're for people who deserve to be on fire. Uh, and I've also gotten the chance, uh, since you know I'm unemployed, to interview for other fun jobs. And I interviewed for one the other day uh, that was for like a Google Wallet Venmo type company where you send money electronically. Uh, and they were like, the position is researcher. And I was like, awesome, I'm super nosy. What do you want me to find out about? <laughs> and they were like, we need you to research the current going rates for sexual favors. Because a lot of times when people send money electronically to one another, they put a sexual favor as a joke for the reason. And we need to make sure that's not real. <laughs> because it's illegal. <laughs> so essentially, if the amount in the sex act is too closely matched to the current street rate for said sexual favor, <laughs> which I've carefully researched, <laughs> I then have to call that person. <laughs> be like, hi, Tim. It's Kristen from Google Wallet. On October 20th, you sent your friend Brian $50 for butt sex. <laughs> Was that actually four butt sex? <laughs> or were you just being hilarious? <laughs> 
it's fine if you were. Uh, but just so your transaction doesn't get held up, maybe try something else like, you know, hot stuff. Back door. That could be a construction project. We don't know. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's rear window. It's like if you capitalize cock, we all know what you're talking about. I haven't heard back from that company. I don't actually know if I want that job. I do know that I 100% want to make that phone call. Just once. Just one time. Um, but yeah, I've gotten to travel a lot more and tell jokes, and I was recently in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, telling jokes, and I was on Tinder, because I like to fuck as well. Uh, especially that young dick, it's a college town. Uh, so I came, I came across the most amazing profile. It was like right before Halloween, and this guy's profile was just like, Halloween is such a scary holiday. <laughs> but not for the reasons that you think. <laughs> it's scary because I'm all alone with nobody to share it with. <laughs> and then the very next line was just really looking for a woman who doesn't just want to get her holes filled. <laughs> Which is the grossest way to try to say that you're classy that I've ever seen. <laughs> so we matched. Uh... <laughs> I started talking to him right away because I was like, I want to make fun of him for that. And um, just uh, started off with like, hey, I love Halloween too. Do you want to make like skeletons and bone? Which I thought was really funny. Solid opener. He didn't reply to that, so I upped it a little bit. And I was like, boo. I'm a Halloween ghost. I have unfinished business. My unfinished business is filling my holes. Can you help? <laughs> and he wrote back and he was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe that was on my profile. I'm gonna take it off right away. I was drunk. And then he took it off like a fucking wiener. Which led me to the conclusion like either this dude is the only dude who gets more prudish when intoxicated. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, he's a hypocrite. He would fill all of our holes given half the chance. <laughs> Or, I'm really good at persuading people how to do things, and I should re-release my essay on why we don't need the Electoral College anymore. So <laughs> it's a bullshit system. Uh, you guys, I get catcalled a lot. Some of you might have noticed I have pretty big boobs. The rest of you don't respect me. I get it. Uh, and I've come to the conclusion that as women, um, you know, it's on, our, on us to prevent our own pregnancy, it's on us to prevent our own rape, it's on us to prevent ourselves from getting raped pregnant. So it's also on us to prevent our own catcalls, so here's some tips. Tip number one, don't have a face. <laughs> what do you think you're doing walking around with that face on that body like that? Tip number two, travel by Mobile. <laughs> the Pope is never sexually harassed. Uh, tip number three, smile more. You look so pretty when you do. And your final tip, quit trying to go to a place. <laughs> you don't need to go to that place. Just close your blinds, cover your ankles, wait for a man to bring you what you need. Uh, a woman sincerely wooed at a show and I had to tell her these were satirical suggestions. 
and to keep her face. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Keep going for Cameron Esposito. her jokes and you are very fancy tonight yeah no the no yes you in the floor-length gown with a hair flower and a re- like a fur-lined shawl yeah i'm talking to you how are you doing what'd you do today did you get dressed up for the show is that just your normal look Both. what's up with your life that that's your look and i don't mean that in a shaming way i just want to know what's up with you you're a musician we've met? Do I know you? Do I, like, f- know you? I'm sorry. I mean, many humans. I don't know if you know that. Um, you look great tonight. Yeah, keep, please keep doing your, uh... Wh- what is your name? Eliza? Hey. Hey, Eliza. Great to see you again. I love your music. It's nice to see you in your normal look. That's embarrassing and not as well because I, I, yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you told me that, but also like, God, I really do meet many people. I don't mean that in like, I just mean I meet many people and then I, I don't know if I know you. It's hard. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I can't remember what my parents look like. <laughs> but anyway. How are you doing? You chatted to me earlier. Yeah? You had all that info about the balls. <laughs> what was your day like? Um, good. I was hanging out with a friend of mine all day. Yeah? What's, where'd you, how did you meet this friend? Do friends in Chicago? Oh, yeah. Do I know you? Yeah, I met. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Who in the audience have I not met? Okay, that's a couple of people. What'd you guys do today? Uh, it, was, it was Kristen. I was thinking about Kristen. Kristen Clifford. Yes. My also friend. Yes. Yes. Got it. Yes. What did you? How was that? It was great. We went to Alcove. I love Alcove. Yeah, and our friend Lisa came and brought her dog. I don't know. <laughs> I know Lisa, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know her from that. I remember. What did you say? It is like adorable momentum. <laughs> yeah, and I just take off my jacket and I just have everybody in the audience's faces tattooed on me. <laughs> Even those of you that said we hadn't met. <laughs> well, guys, are you ready for more show? Or would you like me to individually not remember you? next comic I do know I know him we've met a bunch of times tonight we're also hanging out I know him from that as well you guys are gonna love him you'll know him in a minute after he performs you'll be like 
I met that guy. Right, the audience? Let's hear from Mr. Matt Monroe, guys. Thank you, guys. Have a nice round of applause for Cameron for doing this show for you guys every week. Do, uh, do you guys remember when we were younger, uh, like in elementary school, and uh, we kind of want to be silly and pass the time? So we used to take glue, like Elmer's glue or something like that, right? And we'd put it on our hands, and we'd rub our hands together, and we'd wait for it to dry, and we'd peel it off, and then all of our parents got divorced. <laughs> Just working it out, you guys. Just working it out on stage therapy. I, uh, I'm uh, in town from Denver, you guys. I live in Denver currently. And uh, it's a great place. I love, I love being there. Um, I have noticed, though, that ever since the marijuana laws passed there last year, that anytime I travel and go out of state and people find out that I live in Denver, um, they all expect me to, like, be able to explain the rules and the laws of the marijuana laws. Like, I'm some kind of weird pot ambassador that understands them all. <laughs> And I don't get it. And spoiler alert, nobody in Denver understands how it works. We don't get it. Like, I know that you can, like, you can, like, uh, you, can, you can smoke it. You can carry it. You can buy it at, like, fucking Ikea, I guess. I don't really know how it works. And here's the thing. I don't even smoke weed. I don't. That's uh, actually why I'm in Los Angeles right now. They kicked me out. Uh, <laughs> I don't smoke weed. And that's even worse. When you tell people that you live in Denver and you don't smoke weed... Because when you tell people that, they kind of react like you just told them that you can fly, but you don't really feel like it. <laughs> the first reaction is generally of confusion, where they're just like, what's that? You don't smoke weed? Like on Tuesdays or... And then from there, the confusion will devolve right into anger, where they're just like, you don't smoke weed in Colorado. Where it's legal? Man, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's just weird living in a utopia, I guess. We don't know how to handle it. I do like travel, man. I like coming out to Los Angeles. I, uh, the, I get very self-conscious every time I come out here, though. Uh, you guys live here, so you probably don't deal with that. But I get very self-conscious. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, back in Colorado, you guys, this... This is a solid five, for sure. <laughs> but here in Los Angeles, I feel like this... This is what homeless people look like out here in L.A. It's interesting, the last time I was here, I was downtown L.A., I was in front of the Independent, and I was smoking a cigarette, and uh, a homeless guy approached me, asked me if he could have a cigarette, and before I could answer him, I realized that we were wearing the same shirt. <laughs> Which I realize says a little bit more about H&M than me specifically, but it still bummed me out. And I thought about it a lot, I gave it a lot of thought, and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to be homeless. Never. And uh, it's not for any economic reasons or anything like that. It's just that I know that I would do anything to not let it get to that. You know, like I would sell my body before I was homeless. And uh, I've never gone down on a man before, but I do think I'd be pretty good at it from all the times I've stopped soda fizz from overflowing. <laughs> I think I'd be trouble paying that rent, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna be a-okay. I'm, uh, I'm 33, you guys, and uh, I don't have any tattoos, which I think is, uh, that's weird now, right? Like, I feel like having no tattoos in 2015 is like having a lot of tattoos in 1956. It's like I'm the outcast now, suddenly. 
And here's the thing, like, I love tattoos. I'm kind of obsessed with them. I think there's a couple reasons why I don't have any. The first one is this. I don't know if there's anything that I'm that passionate enough about that I want to put on my body. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure everyone in here has met somebody, they've shown you a tattoo that they had, and our instinctual response is just, why the fuck would you do that to yourself? Right? And I don't, my best example of this is uh, a buddy of mine used to date this woman a couple years back, and uh, the only reason I saw this tattoo she had was because she showed me a picture of it. I'm going to tell you exactly what it was. This woman had a tattoo. It was right above her vagina. And this is what it was. It was two boxing gloves crossed. And then the text underneath them said, hit it like a champ. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write that. That's just a thing that exists in the world. That's just a real thing. And I don't even like having sex that much, so I couldn't do that. And the other reason I don't have any is that I had this ir- irrational fear that I won't be able to, like, sit still long enough to have the tattoo done. Like, I'm terrified that I would, like, cough or I would sneeze and it would, like, force the artist to mess something up on it, you know? Let me paint the picture for you, right? Try to imagine this scenario. I'm in the chair, right? And I'm, like, five, five and a half hours in to just getting this beautiful, beautiful portrait piece of Samuel L. Jackson from Jurassic Park, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it's exactly like you remember it, too. He's going to have the headset on. He's going to have the glasses. He's going to have the cigarette hanging from the top of his lip. The smoke's going to be billowing up in front of his face. The text underneath it's going to say, hold on to your butts. Like, it's a great tattoo. Yeah, but I feel like right before the artist finishes it, I'm just going to, like, cough and, like, jerk my arm accidentally. He's just going to accidentally draw a line through the whole thing. Instead of having this random, instead of having this amazing Jurassic Park tattoo, I end up with this really random anti-Jurassic Park tattoo. And I'm just find myself walking around with the weirdest social commentary on my body ever. I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll leave you guys with this thing. I, uh, now that we, like, text, text messaging is such a thing that we all do now, and I've noticed that, like, ever since text messages started to become a big thing, like, occasionally we'll get, like, a wrong number text. You know, like we've always gotten wrong number phone numbers before phone calls, but a wrong number text is such a strange thing to me. And I don't know how you guys like to handle that situation when you get it, but the way I like to do it uh, is I like to pretend whoever they think I am for as long as possible without them figuring it out, you know? It's just a fun, like, improv game. Keeps me sharp, you know what I mean? That's generally what I like to do. But about a couple weeks ago, I got this text message from a random number, and it was so sad and depressing that I didn't have the heart to mess with them. I'm going to read you guys this text message in the ensuing conversation that happened, okay? This is 100% true. This happened at 9.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I was still in bed. I got the following text. Dad, I know we don't talk much, but I really do love you and appreciate what you have done for me and my boys, and I would like for you to get to know them. That should have been a phone call, right? But don't get me wrong, this person's obviously going through some tough times. They're trying to pick up the pieces of a broken family, which is completely legitimate. But why would you reach out that olive branch using the same medium that you reached out for the booty call that got you those kids in the first place? You know what I mean? It's very impersonal. And I didn't have the heart to mess with them, so I just texted back, wrong number. And then I didn't get a response for like 20 minutes, and I thought about it, and I was like, oh man, they're going to think their dad just texted back, wrong number. Right, I didn't want want that to happen. I didn't want their day to get worse. So I wanted to clarify So I texted, hey, that's not me saying lose my number because I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's me saying that you don't have the correct number, like in general. And then again, I didn't get a response. I started to overthink it. I was like, you know what, Matt? They're going through some tough times. You're a funny guy. You're a comedian. Why don't you tell them a joke? Lighten the mood. So I texted, just to be clear, I'm not your father. 
Like the opposite of Darth Vader, LOL. <laughs> and again, I didn't get a response. And again, I started overthinking. I was like, you know what, Matt, now's not the time. You're 33. Your parents are divorced. You understand the struggle. Why don't you offer them some advice? Help them out in their time of need. So I texted, you know, I've given it some thought. And I think maybe when you find his number, you should just call your dad. This seems like a really important step in your life. Maybe the best way to extend that olive branch would be a nice face-to-face chat. Like at a coffee shop or something. And then when I have a serious sit-down with a friend or a loved one, then I always go to a coffee shop because it's a non-threatening environment. And they really have something that everyone can enjoy there. Even if you're in a coffee, you can get tea or lemonade or a baked good or maybe just some water if you don't want to spend any money. I mean, I can meet you if you want to talk or just hang out. No pressure or anything. No strange attached. Are you caught up on Breaking Bad yet? And then they texted back, wrong number. And I was like, fuck me. My name is Matt Monroe, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Diet Coke backstage, and now I look like I'm sponsored. <laughs> I just was sitting enjoying myself. Guys, I rarely just give myself a moment to rest, so it was really nice. I am genuinely weird tonight. I want you to know that I know that. I don't want anyone to think, like, that Cameron Esposito girl. Genuinely weird. Doing a lot of whispering. That's a big part of my act tonight, apparently. <laughs> Scoofing around. How are you, sir? That gentleman. One in. Yeah, you. I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, what'd you do today? Uh, I worked. Ow. I hit myself in the face. You see it? You, you like, still answered me? You're such a gentleman. I asked you a question. I hit myself in the face while you were looking at me and answering, but you were still like, I went to work. Well, I was to be sweet time. about it? No, I'm going to be real. <laughs> I hit myself in the face hard. No, it's okay. Thank you so much. Um, what if I knocked my whole bottom teeth out? Would you have said anything then? Just up here, I have no teeth. I'm like, I worked. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, I edit the TV show Last Call with Carson Daly. Oh, I've been on that show. Oh, yeah, I did a little segment on that show. Do I know you? Have we met? <laughs> I wouldn't have met, me. you wouldn't have met me. Yeah, I wouldn't have met you. Because we did the, like those little field, field segments, you know, yeah, where yeah, then you like pop it in or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah so we didn't meet. No. Yeah, I don't remember you. <laughs> and I, I remember everybody. <laughs> How was work today? Actually, were you happy with your segment? I really was. Thank you for asking. I never, ever watched myself... Uh, on television, but I was just out of town that night, and so I was like, uh, I, I actually like just accidentally was like flipping channels and like, oh, who's this pretty? It's me. You know, that was like a nice <laughs> moment. But you guys did a great job. Whoever edited it, you should tell whoever does the like field segments that it was great because I like, well, it was a nightmare scenario. I'm gonna just tell you guys this story. This is 100% what happened. Is that they film because I you they do you do stand up to. These Carson Elliott does on their show, they do the, these little segments where people do stand up, but then it's like interspersed with an interview. So you're like, I'm a this. And then it like cuts to you being like, I'm a this. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And I was doing an interview talking about how I'm like an outspoken, um, how I'm like so proud to be a lesbian and how I'm so happy the person I am. And I get to talk about it on stage right now. It's this huge moment. And then it like kept cutting to these like jokes where they 
definitely turned up the laughter because the night that I filmed it, I got massively heckled, like massively. And the the audience knew it was a taping. There were it was just at a club, but there were like large visible cameras everywhere. And the host was like, "This is a taping for television." And I walked out on stage and like said, "Like I'm wearing a vest." Like a lesbian, or whatever my jokes are. Um, that's all my jokes, basically. And a dude in the audience was like, please! Like, I can't remember, what did he say? Like, you think he said, like, are you sure? Like, do you need some of this D? Like, he said, like, he, like, offered his penis to me. And this was in Pasadena. Now, usually when somebody offers their penis to me, I can, like, stop and take a minute and, like, really shut that shit down. But it was also a taping, so I didn't know if I was supposed to, like, stop and, like, just also have Carson have this weird footage of me being like, what the fuck do you think? You know, like, just, like, really aggressive audience fighting? Because I had, like, a limited t- set. And I knew they were going to use clips, but I also, like, you just can't be up there, like, 20 minutes, you know, destroying a man, which is what I would have done. But... So I, I like made a couple jokes at his expense and then his friend was like mad that I was making jokes at his expense and his friend stood up to like challenge, like did like, like did like a like, oh, you coming at my friend? And I just had to say to these two dudes like, listen, I am just gonna start again. Like, I don't know what to say to you uh, right now because I can't actually deal with this because I'm taping uh, this and I need to get off stage so I'm just going to start again and then I just started the set again like as if nothing had happened and everybody in the audience was like because <laughs> they had heard the first joke and then there was a near fist fight and also I was ha- sexually harassed slash rape threatened and then I, I just had to be like goofing around talking about how uh, great my life is um <laughs> And then that's the set. Like, then sometimes you just have to be like, that's the set, good night! You know, like, I just had to walk off stage. So I was really nervous because I was wondering how... The, I mean, I went up to the producers immediately and was just like, please. Please. Please don't. I mean, because they could have, like, edited out the other stand-up and it could have just been me, like, sitting it up. Because they taped the well, interviews. I remember, I remember this. You remember this? Were you there? I wasn't there at the taping. Did they talk to you about the this? office we were talking about. It was fucking madness. I didn't realize that was you. Yeah, it was me. They like shouted me down in a really crazy aggressive way and were like absolutely um yeah, what? No, but I mean but it was like weird homophobic stuff. Like people are dicks sometimes, but it's very strange if it's like aggressively homophobic. It was very odd. I'm glad to hear it made it back to the office. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sad that it was that hard for the editor. He did a great job, or she. They did a great job of pulling it together. Uh, because, no, it looked awesome, and, I look, and it looked like, oh, she's like telling jokes into microphones, but they like could have edited around it, and it could have been just me like sitting in a bar like, yeah, I'm a stand-up comic, and things are going great, and then just cut to me being like, get the fuck out of here! I am taping for television! Like, they could have, I could have just been telling them I was taping for television. You guys ready for more great show? Hey, this next comic friend of mine, he's in from San Francisco. Let's hear right now for Nato Green, guys. Give it up for Nato.
I have kids. Uh, I have six-year-old twin daughters. Um, I don't want your pity. <laughs> they go to a public school. It's a very diverse school. They have all kinds of friends. They have black friends. The sound you all just heard was the sound of a room of 95% white people <laughs> getting uncomfortable uh, at the mention of race. Um, my daughters have black friends. They came home one day and told me they wanted to paint their faces brown <laughs> to show their black friend how much they like her. And I was like, no. you can't do that. And they were like, well, why? And I said, because people think you're making fun of her. And they're like, no, we'll tell them. <laughs> and it turns out that it's impossible to explain to a six-year-old that positive blackface is not a thing. <laughs> that exists in this world. So... Uh, I brought my kids to one of the the Black Lives Matter marches uh, in San Francisco. It was very exciting. I've been into the movement. I've been. I don't know if you realize this. I've also been arguing with people on Twitter. Uh, and I don't know if you realize this about comedians, but like twenty percent of the job is this like raining fire into the microphone that we're doing right now, and then eighty percent of the job is arguing with people on the internet. Um, <laughs> And maybe you don't do that because you have a job or friends or shit to do. But so I have been arguing with people on the internet, and white people have been very upset about Black Lives Matter uh, and have been like, why do you got to say Black Lives Matter? It's all lives matter. It's all lives matter. You're excluding us. Why are you excluding us? I already feel like my life doesn't matter, and all I had to hang on to was that my life mattered more than black people's lives, and now you took that away from me. <laughs> Why isn't it all lives matter? And that is the argument of a crazy person because obviously all lives matter. No one's saying that all lives don't matter, but we're talking about black lives now. Do you know what I mean? Because that's how conversations work. <laughs> it's the kind of person where you're like, hey, let me tell you what I had for lunch today. No, let me tell you what I had for lunch. <laughs> we're not talking about you right now. You look good in that sweater. Are you saying I look bad in all other sweaters? No. We talk about things one at a time. <laughs> I'm going to talk about some shit that I think, and if you want to pretend to be interested, you can maybe ask a follow-up question, and then you'll get a turn. Like, that's how humans relate. Like, and the thing, Black Lives Matter is a hashtag. It's three words. It's not even 140 characters. And white people are freaking out that if people... Stop talking about us for three words that the last 500 years of world domination have come to a close. Uh, that is the fragility of whiteness. Um, I'm uh, married. I've been married to the same person for so long that uh, when we got together, our song was No Diggity. Um, <laughs> There is a question that you have to answer before you get married, uh, and that question is, are you going to feel okay having sex with one person for the rest of your life? And the answer to that question is no. For all of us, for 100% of us, the answer to that question is no. I feel bad about not having sex with more people. I feel bad about it every day. 
I would love to have sex with more people. I would love to have sex with Julianne Margulies. Because my fantasies are age-appropriate now. The media tells me I'm supposed to want to have sex with Megan Fox, but I look at her and think, I would like to take her home and raise her properly. I'd like to give her a jacket. So, but here was my thought process. I said, do I want to have sex with more people? Yes, I do. Do I feel bad about not having sex with more people? Yes, I do. And then I said, how many more people would I have to have sex with to stop feeling bad about not having sex with more people? What is the number? There is no number, everybody. It's an unsolvable equation. Like, let's say, let's say the number was three. Like, in a marriage, that's a negotiation. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you want those throat pillows? I want to have sex with three more people. Let's haggle. But if there is no number, then the thought goes into a different part of my brain. It doesn't go with, like, these are the things I want to accomplish in my life. It goes with, like, this, I wish I was Wolverine. You know what I mean? It goes with those thoughts over there. So uh, I was been doing that joke, and somebody came up to me and was like, why didn't you talk about polyamory? And I gave it some thought, and I realized that, like, I, you know, I'm not into it. But then I, then I realized that, like, I'm a parent, and I'm a straight man from San Francisco, and I'm as straight as you can be as a straight man from San Francisco, which is not that straight. Um, <laughs> And I, was, I realized that I would totally fuck a dude to get a third parent in the house. <laughs> I love being a dad. Parenting is hard. And the amount of sex that you have as a parent of small children, I would, I would suck that much dick to be able to be like, you're on lunches, I'm going out. <laughs> Good night. So... Uh, the, the inequality is in the news. We're talking about inequality a lot at this moment in history. And part of the problem is that uh, the rich people keep being such horrendous assholes. Uh, for example, my favorite is Tom Perkins. Do you know who that is? Billionaire venture capitalist, fifth ex-husband of romance novelist Danielle Steele. <laughs> who killed a guy with his yacht. Uh, and he, uh, uh, he went on the news last year. Uh, and said that he was worried that the rich were being demonized like the Jews in Nazi Germany. He was concerned about a holocaust against the rich. As a Jew, at first I was very offended by that. And then I gave it some thought. And I decided that if he's concerned about a holocaust against the rich, perhaps we should give it to them. (laughs) I realized that I'm okay with taking the rich's money and their artwork and their jewelry and sending them off to do hard labor and moving other people into their homes. I realized that I feel okay about doing to the rich everything that the Nazis did to the Jews except for the killing. I support a nonviolent holocaust. <laughs> a semi-final solution. I don't advocate violence, but if someone gave me a lampshade made of Mark Zuckerberg, I would accept it. I wouldn't seek it out, but I would accept it. And then we could all say, first they came for the billionaires and I did not speak up because I was not a billionaire. And then they came for the millionaires and I did not speak up because I was not a millionaire. And then things were pretty much cool after that. Rise up, everyone. Good night.
have two more great comics on the show. This has been a great show so far, don't you think? Now, did anybody, uh, this is, I don't even, I can't believe I was just going to start with, this is a very, it's offensive almost to ask you this question, but we watched the Super Bowl, some of us, I'm sure. Did we watch it, some of us? I don't, it's okay, I don't care. What I do care about is whether or not you watched the Super Bowl halftime show. (laughs) Because I, um, if you don't like Katy Perry, or if you didn't watch it and you, or if you did watch it and you didn't enjoy it, I think you don't understand joy. (laughs) That was like the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) That's, I didn't realize like that's my entertainment wheelhouse. And I was at, I was at my friend's house. They have a small baby and they weren't watching like any of the game or anything. And my dog was there and my dog was barking at the baby. So that was very stressful. Uh, He doesn't understand what children are. And it's hard to figure out like how to, you can't, because you can't be like, it's a, you know, you, you, you almost, you want to be like to the parents, put the baby on the dog. (laughs) Put the baby on the dog and it'll sort itself out. You know, like it's. Like, whatever ends up happening will be better than this situation where, they're, where he's barking, because if the baby dies, it'll be very funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, when the halftime show... I forgot how much I love the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't even think I watched last year. But the year before, when Beyonce... You guys. <laughs> I was, like, at a... I was at a party with a bunch of comics that year, and it was, like, all dude comics. Weirdly, isn't that strange? (laughs) If you, like, think statistically, how would that even be possible? (laughs) Because it's a female-dominated field. But that night, it was just, like, somehow we got all the dude comics in one place. It was, like, a theme show of a party, sort of. It was, like, you know, dicks of comedy or whatever. It was, like, kind of... So we got them all there um, to the party. But we were at this, and they were all watching the game very intently. And then when Beyonce came on, they didn't care at all. So I was just having this, like, solo experience of just being like, this is the most important thing in the world right now. <laughs> it is the most important thing in the world, to, just in that moment. Like, not, not the most important thing in the world. But I just, I think, like, spectacle is underrated as something to bring us together. Because you know, like, if you watched that Super Bowl halftime show, I was just in a sea of dudes that were just talking to each other and not paying any attention when Destiny's Child popped out of the stage. (laughs) Exactly! She almost, she grabbed her chest! You were clutching fake pearls, is what your response was. (laughs) Two years later, you were like, oh my god! Exactly! Fucking exactly! Because you know that for, it's for so many reasons. I didn't know they were going to be there. I don't remember if any of us knew they were going to be there, but I did not know they were going to be there. And plus, also, just think about Michelle just being like... <laughs> like, for most of the show, just under the stage, think about her being like... <laughs> like, if that doesn't fill you with all the joy of humanity, there's nothing better than that! And they even got the they were like, right, they were like, if we're doing this again, one of us is wearing pants, one of us is wearing a skirt that goes straight across, and one of us is wearing an asymmetrical skirt, because that's how we dress. <laughs> I was just so happy, like, just for no reason, just like, oh, thank God anybody cares about those two women anymore. It was a beautiful thing. 
And then, I mean, I was sold from the moment that she was riding out on a lion. In fact, the baby was trying to sleep and I couldn't stop screaming, I wish the lion was bigger! (laughs) That was very fun. I haven't gotten over those sharks. I understand, oh, oh, it becomes like a hashtag and it's like lame to talk about it. No, no, those sharks were so important. My sister is a dancer and she was once in the, she was in the World Cup opening ceremony when it came to Chicago and my parents went and there were also like 10,000 other people in the opening ceremony. And my parents are very cute about it to this day. Like only when she's not around, they'll be like, we couldn't tell which one was. <laughs> she had like a red sign, but there was like a lot of women with red signs. <laughs> but that's somebody's kid, you know? Like that crazy, batshit crazy left shark that didn't know any of the moves. That's somebody's kid. Like there's a mom out there just like, yes! Well, oh, there's just no better. I, the only thing that I hated was the stupid Lenny Kravitz part. Get him out of here! I don't want to see him sing I Kissed a Girl. Listen, that song is offensive to lesbians. The song I Kissed a Girl is offensive to lesbians. Straight up. For sure it is, because it's like, hope my boyfriend doesn't mind. Well, Oh. I wonder what the other girl thinks in this situation. Like, was she invested in this at all? That's kind of stinks for her. But it's also like an anthem from a time in my life where I didn't know I needed an anthem, but I was like, this, I relate to this song. I relate to this song because it makes me feel like how I feel about my best friend. I didn't know I was gay for a really long time, until I was 20, but I had... I think I, I just thought all romantic songs were about the love between two female best friends. <laughs> for most of my life. Like, in, <laughs> in high school, my female best friend... I mean, I had a boyfriend. I, I dated the captain of my high school football team. If you know me at all, know that. <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> I was the mascot of that football team, yeah. Which is important detail to understand everything else about me. It's why I related so much to the shark. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so, and she, my best friend in high school, was also dating a football player. And at one point, I did convince her that we should put on our boyfriend's football uniforms and tackle each other. other I have this memory that I hope sticks with me for the rest of my life you guys know the Shania Twain song you're still the one you're still the one that I love still the one I dream of you're still the one I kiss goodnight I requested that at our senior year homecoming dance for my best friend. Because it was our friendship song. And I remember dancing, and I loved my boyfriend. I just didn't want to have sex with him. He was a really nice man. Uh, But I just would have liked to be friends with him. And 
was confused. So I just have this memory of it being homecoming, and my boyfriend, he wore a, a under his button-down shirt that he wore with a tie to the dance. He took off his button-down shirt when we got there, and he was pretty jacked because he was like this football star. And um, I had a black eye at the time. I mean, guys, it was like, just imagine the best high school couple. Like, we were voted class couple, but I had a black eye and, like, a short haircut, and I wore a white belt, a white leather belt, and white steel-toed Doc Martens. Because I was a straight person. And this was like, he was like a star. Like, he just rushed for 400 yards in a game in, like, that homecoming football game and got scored six touchdowns. Like, he was like a football star, and I was just, like, charismatic. So we were a perfect couple. But uh, he took off, he unbuttoned his shirt when we got to the dance, and he was wearing a white tank top that he'd written on it. Cameron, like, Cameron Forever. Which is really funny if you've seen the movie Fear. I don't know that he'd seen it as much. Oh, my God, are you guys so young you haven't seen the movie Fear? It's kind of an important movie. Go watch it later tonight. <laughs> Marky Mark is in it. He writes on his chest. About Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. Have we really not seen the movie Fear? Okay. That's right. Another man breaking into a house. You guys wonder why we scared out of our minds? So he took off his shirt, and he's wearing, like, this Cameron Forever shirt or whatever, and being like, should I get this as a tattoo? And I am looking at my best friend being like, it's our song. <laughs> as we dance with our boyfriends next to each other, they're playing our song. Hey, cool tank top, right? It's our song. <laughs> I had no idea for three more years that I wanted to do well, you guys, that's that story. Are you ready for your two final comics on the show? Well, this next comic, oh, she is a joy and a pleasure. One of my personal favorites. She's from here in L.A., so please go see her uh, wherever she does shows. Let's hear it right now for Jamie Lee. Guys, give it up for Jamie. Keep it going. Fun. Fun, fun. How are you guys? Keep it going for Cameron. I turned like very bar mitzvah DJ there. I was like, keep it going for Cameron. Um, it's pretty thrilling for me. How do we feel about this sweater, guys? Does it make my body look divorced? Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I think <laughs> I'm just thinking about fear. That that has to be the number one um, movie where the title does not tell you anything about it, right? That's all. I, I just fear. It's like what about fear of what? Help me out, Reese. Um, I was about to rip on Reese Witherspoon, and then I was like, she's probably here. Um, <laughs> So I gotta be careful what you say. But um, uh, this is good. This is fun. Um, I love this show. It's very fun to be here. Um, I uh, what's going on with me? I just got engaged. That happened. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's 
very exciting. I am really, <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, it is, I'm really, I, mean, I am, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's just weird, because people say the weirdest things to you when you get engaged, like, like uh, a lot of people have been going like, oh, so you're off the market, you know? It's a lot of, oh, so you're off the market, and I'm like, I'm not dead, you know? Like, they're still cheating, like, come on. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying I want to cheat, but it's like, you know, it's like the haagen in the freezer. It's like, ooh, like, it's just nice to know it's there for when, for when you need an out. Um, but uh, I have a really nice ring, um, and uh, it's, it is awkward having jewelry on this hand. It is, like, sort of, like, um, beautiful puberty, uh, getting used to, like, a thing on this hand at all times. And... Uh, I don't know. I, a, a lot of girls do the thing where they're like, oh my God, it's like blinding. It's blinding. And I'm always like, fuck you. Like, I want it to be more, th- I want it to be like Helen Keller, like blind, deaf, like water. Like, that's what I want. I want that. I want my ring to cause disability. It's so beautiful. I feel guilty. I do. Like, we all, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm, I am full, I am done pretending that I'm not a piece of shit. Um, I'm just done. I've just hit a place where I'm completely done. And uh, I, I have a nice ring. And I feel bad about it sometimes, you know, because the whole blood diamond controversy. I didn't even know what a blood diamond was until recently, you guys. I thought it just meant it's so sparkly. It just, like, induces your period. Like, I didn't know. I thought it was just like... <gasps> um, I didn't know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I... You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not the type of girl who would like, like, you know, like make fun of someone for having a small ring. Like, I would never do that. Like, be friends with a poor person in the first place. But, like, I would just never stoop to that level. But, um, it's fine. Thank you. I love you guys. Um, no, I, I think you need a diamond on your finger. Like, not even for superficial reasons. I think you actually need one practically because you just need something sparkly to, like, stare at and focus on, you know? Because I think marriage is a lot like being on mushrooms. Like, just 99% of the time, you're like, God, what's happening? And then you're like, oh, prism. And it just relaxes you. You're like, fuck my life, guide me, glitter Sherpa. It's just a whole (laughs) realm of emotion. Um, I miss first kisses, taste the rainbow. It's a real, um, it's a real wave of feelings. But um, my uh, my fiance, I hate that fucking word so much. Like what? Like I'm just suddenly speaking French. I'm just like my fiance. It's like what? Who came up with that? We can't think of like an English equivalent by now. Just my fiance. My fiance. Oh, it gives me douche chills. Speaking of French, I feel I feel the douche. Uh, crawling up my legs, the band of douche chills. But, um. And then before that, it was my boyfriend, which, I mean, over the age of, let's say, 28, it starts to really hurt to be like, my boyfriend. Like, it starts to sound like, my boyfriend. It just sounds like, and it's like it kind of has like a 90s feel of like I just every time I said my boyfriend I felt like Kelly Kapowski flipping all of her hair to one side and slamming her back against a locker and sliding down it she's like my boyfriend this is my boyfriend now now he's um just like a fat aristocrat that's what I feel like every time I say it um 
an Aristophat. But um, <laughs> I, uh, oh man, so yeah, uh, we've been, we were together um, four and a half years. Are anyone here in a relationship? Here, is there in a relationship? Oh, okay, how long have you been together? Three years. Three years, nice. Okay, but you look very, you're young, right? Ish. Ish, okay. You, yeah, but you are, because you're a man. So if you were 40, I'd be like, yep, still young. <laughs> um, okay, cool, three years, that's nice. Do you have any, any interest in, in engagement at all and taking things to the next level? This is a really, you guys are so positive. It's really creeping me out. Um, no, 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 I'm kidding. No, it's good. Oh, I love you. That's good. Three years, though. See, but three years, that's like the sweet spot, you know? Because people are still being like, oh, my God, good for you guys. Three years, what a commitment, you know? My fiance and I were together four and a half years before he asked. And you start to get a much different reaction around four and a half years. It's just like, oh, really? Four and a half years? You guys have been together uh, four and a half years? <laughs> It's like, does someone punt a Yorkie? Like, why is everyone so, like, Mariah all of a sudden? So you get a lot of Godspeed. It's really horrifying. Um, and I went to a wedding um, with Dan, my fiancé. We went to a wedding, and the couple had only been together, like, one year, you know? And the bride just gave the most just classically self-righteous toast right up to And she's like, I just knew. I just knew. I knew. I just 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 knew. The moment I met him, I just knew. I just knew. I just knew. He was the one. Thank you, Lahayim. And, um... And... Uh... And I was like, oh, like, I can't give that toast at my wedding, like, you know, because my friends and family, they know what's up, so I'm going to have to give an honest toast, you know, just like, I just knew, I just knew the moment I met him, I just knew that I wasn't sure. (laughs) So, you know, we trucked along, we trucked along, we trucked along, we felt it out, we felt it out, we felt it out, we did, we did, babe, we felt it out. And uh, then we hit this really fun phase. What do you call it, babe? What do you call it? Oh, right, the shitter get off the pot phase. (laughs) And we decided to shit! Thanks for being here. Um, (laughs) Can't wait. No, it's fun. I love him very much. I, 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 I hate to be cynical about marriage. I think I'm, I'm just afraid of marriage a little bit because I'm afraid of divorce, you know? It's like, what if we never get one? It's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> this is going on a while. <laughs> I miss those days when people died quickly. But, um... No, it's good. It's all good. Um, I am Jewish, and um, I read this article recently about... Um, there's like still controversy as to whether or not Jesus was a Jew. Um, and I think, I, I know, I, I, I'm not even going to go into what, it's fine, whatever. Believe what you want to believe. But I do think it's like kind of obvious that he's a Jew because like he's always making that really Jewy face, you know? He's always like... <laughs> right? Sciatica or whatever. <laughs> I saw him on a candle at the dollar store recently, and I literally was like, Grandma, like I had a moment. And she's like, oh, you know, just like, mm, lactose intolerance. It's like, I know. This crown hurts. It's like, oh, so nudgy. All right, that's my time, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Show you guys can really go nuts.
He's a pal of mine. He's in from New York City, so we're going to treat him extra sweet and kind. That's also the name of his show in New York. Sweet. Guys, let's hear it for your final comic. Do you have it? Yes? Are we ready to do it? Let's hear it from Mr. Seth Herzog, guys. Give it up for Seth. Come on. Karen Esposito, everybody, right? Am I right? I would have dated her in high school and known she was gay and just didn't tell her. I would have known, though. Um, fun. This has been such a super, super show. I said to Cameron before I got on the show, I said, I will do your show, but I want one row on the side completely empty the whole time or else I don't perform. I will not walk onto your fucking stage unless there's an empty row to my right. And I want sort of a half-empty row to my left. And luckily that worked out, so you guys were awesome. Thank you. I like your gown. Did you come from somewhere nice before this? Are you going somewhere super fancy afterwards? Or this is just... This is your comedy show wear, just like a gown. I love it. You guys should take a fucking note and wear something nice next, 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 next time. All you schlubs in your flannel and jeans. Wear something fucking nice, like a flower in your hair and a real fucking dress. Right? I love that. that was you. That's what you chose to wear. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm dressing up. I'm going to sit in a fucking audience. I'm going to dress, dress up. Um, speaking of sitting, I didn't even, there's so much I want to talk about tonight I did not plan to discuss as I was listening. Um, I work over at the uh, um, Fallon Show, the Tonight Show, where you're here in L.A. this week. And uh, I do the comedy before the show starts. And I often do a joke about, because you can't leave the show while it's taping, I say, if you want to go to the bathroom, just pee in your seat. Totally fine. Everyone does it. And if you... Um, see someone peeing, don't shame them. Hold their hand. Hold their hand and just let it go. Now, I've done that joke uh, for about like a few, a, few, a few months. We did a show in Phoenix after the Super Bowl on Sunday and someone peed in their seat. For the first time, someone was like, all right. If that's what you tell me to do, I'm just going to do it. I couldn't believe it. And it was, I was like, wow. What balls. And the woman was a little drunk. Oh, it was a woman. And she peed her seat, and then she got up and walked out in the middle of the show. Like, what a fucking boss. Like, she owned the place. I was like, that's the ballsiest move ever. She's going to sit there, watch the show. Oh, I'm done with this fucking place. <laughs> and just walked out. Just walked out. Y'all can't walk out, but she did. She peed in the theater on the floor and walked out. I think she, from my, as far as I'm concerned, she owns the theater now. She's the boss of the theater. We had to, one of the other production people had to go put a plastic cover over the seat, like a plastic bag, and then make a PA sit in it for the rest of the show. That's a real thing that happened on Sunday at our show. And it wasn't even as someone who works on our show, it was a PA who was like a local hire from Phoenix. So he was so psyched to work on the show. He's like, I'm working on the Tonight Show. I, I, you're going to sit and pee the whole, whole, whole night. He's so psyched about that. $10 an hour. Um... <laughs> This is real life. I'm sorry. This is bu bumming, bumming you out. This is the real world. Um, I did, we did watch the game. Did everyone watch the game or no? About half of you? The guys. The guys are clapping. All the women are like, no, 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 no. The game was sort of boring, except the very end was, was, was actually interesting. Um, but the commercials were great. The best commercial was the McDonald's one. The McDonald's was trying to get all like sweet and sensitive. They had this new thing. It's called Paying with Lovin'. Paying with lovin'. That's what they're calling it. They're supposedly, supposedly, if you go to McDonald's, they will randomly select people to say, hey, 
do you want to look into your partner's eyes and say you love them? Now your now your meal is free. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, paying with loving. That's what they're calling it, which is hilarious. But you can't go up to the counter and say, yo, I'll suck your dick for like a quarter pounder. <laughs> paying with loving, man. Paying with loving. Is that cool? Can I do that? That's what I'm going to do. That's my new bit at every McDonald's ever. You know, it's funny that that's their hashtag. It's so hilarious. There's so much. I feel like every girl on Hollywood Boulevard is like, uh, I've been doing that for five years. I've literally been doing that. Like, well, that's not your, your idea. And I also related to the sharks. Um, I've done a lot of costume character work in my life, more than you could possibly imagine. And I love the fact that this guy, who's just, he lives in LA, I think, his name, he, hasn't, he's, he outed himself the day, next day, something Gaw, like Brian Gaw, G-A-W. And on Twitter, he's just been talking about it, like how awesome he is that everyone's going nuts over the fact that he ruined the show. <laughs> That's what he did. He ruined the show, but he became, because he ruined the show. <laughs> like, how much rehearsal did he have? And he had he had 10-second spit, and he still didn't know it. Just... <laughs> That's all he did. Oh my god! It's almost feel like he did it on purpose. Um, but I and I wasn't even going to talk about this. But we were talking about the sharks, and I was like, "Well, uh, Groundhog Day was um, yesterday, and in college, I had a job as a groundhog. In February, during the month, I went to school uh, in Memphis, and during the month of February, the restaurant association decided people weren't going out to eat, so they wanted to get a mascot to get people to go out to eat because it was. February, it was a groundhog. And the groundhog was called Eat Out Ed. No joke, that's what they call the groundhog because it's get people to eat out. Now, I remember going to the meeting with the PR firm that thought of this as a senior in college, and they were like, so excited, bright and shiny people. They're like, okay, you're going to be the groundhog, and it's called Eat Out Ed. And I almost said to them, you can't call that, the character that. And then as soon as I was about to say it, I was like, well, if I say that, then I can't be Eat Out Ed. And I really want to be eat out of <laughs> Like, it's more important for me to walk around the city for a month saying I'm eat out Ed than to tell them that they've done something wrong. I was like, bup, bup, bup. that's a perfect name. <laughs> so I was, I was eat out Ed. It was a great costume, really amazing costume. But because we were giving out trips to the um, Virgin Islands, he had a Hawaiian shirt, yellow shorts, and giant shades. Yep, that's, that's how I, he, was, he, was, he was dressed. And I had a shadow. I had a friend I had to hire to be my shadow. And the shadow was just a... He didn't have to wear a costume or black or anything. He was just the shadow. And he drove me around. But because he had a car, he got paid more than me. And I was in the fucking outfit. I'm still a little angry about that. But um, so I would go around and just hand out game cards. And they were little passports because they were giving out trips. And when you ate out... You got a, like a point sticker, like 50 points or 100 points, and you put it in your game card, and you gave it, you handed it in, and then there was like a drawing. Now, so officially the title was Eat Out Ed and His Passport to Paradise. That was literally the title of the character. <laughs> literally what it was called. Eat Out Ed and His Passport to Paradise. I swear to God. And giant buck teeth, which made it even funnier. And... So I would go around and no one knew who the fuck I was. This was pre-internet, really. So like there wasn't a lot of advertising. There was just posters and like radio spots. So for the first week, I got called every name in the book. Oh, look, there's a squirrel. Uh, there's the uh, weasel. 
or whatever it was. Uh, you're a beaver. Like, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Like, no one knew I was a groundhog. It drove me fucking crazy. Someone said, look, Martha, there's the cow. I got round fur and whiskers. Someone thought I was a baked potato. Literally, this woman's like, I thought you were a baked potato. I'm not wearing foil, Hawaiian shirt, glasses, groundhog. So I'll tell you one quick story. The, one of the funniest things that happened to me was um, I used to go to all these fancy restaurants. And the last... But Wendy's was the only fast food joint on the list of restaurants to hit. So we'd go to like fancy restaurants. I'd walk around and I'd make fun of people. you know. And the thing was, um, if you're in a, in a costume character and outfit, you can say whatever you want to anyone. And it's hilarious. Like there would be these giant fat people at the table. I'd say, hey, I hope you don't mind. I borrowed your shorts. And they were laughing so hard. Hey, look, it's Scott Bayo's retarded brother. And just keep going. And they are the funniest thing in the world. You can be as mean as you want, but if you're in a costumed outfit, you're the funniest thing. It, it doesn't matter. So just a little tip for you. So we'd go to Wendy's at the end of the night after I'd hit all these other restaurants because Wendy's would give me free, free food. So we're in this sort of bad neighborhood. We go to this Wendy's. No one's in there. The people are asleep behind the counter, literally asleep. And I walk up, and they wake up to me in this giant groundhog outfit staring at them. And I was like, hey, you got a big classic for a hungry groundhog? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You know, Dad, right, of course. So they go and try and make their food. As I'm waiting for the food, these three teenage gang members walk in drunk. And I'm the only thing in there. Is me and Shadow, and I'm, a giant, I'm in a groundhog outfit. And I could tell, as soon as they walk in, I'm like, this is fucking trouble. So I'm trying to act as nonchalant and cool as I can. Like, it's not weird that there's a groundhog hanging out in the Wendy's. Like, I'm just like, it's cool, it's just hanging out. This is what I do, man, it's just normal. So I, I whispered to the, my friend, I was like, start the car. Because I didn't want to just leave. I was like, I want to wait for the food. <laughs> Because I was hungry. So he went out to start the car, and I'm just hanging out in there. And two of the guys go to the counter, and the gang leader comes up to me and goes, You ain't real. <laughs> That's what he said to me. You ain't real. Like, I'm not. He was bummed or questioned the fact that I wasn't a real groundhog. That's what was gnawing at him. And I said, No, I am. Because I was like, character code. Stay in character. First thing, no matter what situation, is stay in character. So I was like, no, I'm me dot Ed, man. I'm a real, I'm a six-foot groundhog. That's my thing. Doesn't laugh. He goes, what if I hit you? What are you going to do? And he was mean it. He meant it. And I could see it. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get punched. I'm going to get punched. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I usually saw like a spinning paper stopping. It says groundhog gets beaten at local Wendy's. Like that was the headline of the next day. Like I saw it clear as day. It's like, fuck, 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 fuck. So I was like, I got to say, I got to make this guy laugh. So I said, hey, you could hit me, but I have a lot of padding right here. He goes, hmm, chew that groundhog. Like, uh, touche, my weaselly friend. You've bested me now, but you've won the battle, but not the war. I will return. Anyway, you guys have been fun. Thank you so much. Cameron Esposito.
hands together. Put your 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 hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to cover your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.